ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, welcome into another episode of Infection Podcast, where we attempt to uh, deal with the landscape involving both video games and modern politics. My name is Nick Craig. You can follow me on Twitter at Nicholas M. Craig. Check out our website, infectionpodcast.com. It's a very scary road, and I couldn't do it alone. The guiding, the guiding yeah. light is, uh, <laughs> is joining me as always, Brian Aldridge. Brian, it's a very scary road we're on. Uh, I know. Comes yeah. Well, yeah. Just don't watch the news. If you want to find me at Boise Computer on Twitter or at Brian Aldridge on Gab, Getter, Truth Social, uh, and who knows where else in the future. We'll see where the social medias go. So, yeah. Um, well, I want to start with uh, this big story out of the UK yeah. breaking yesterday. Um, it looks like Activision, Blizzard, and, and Microsoft are coming closer and closer and closer to all being uh well to, to the chagrin of sony one big happy family yep. brian um according to yep. details uk regulators are ready to approve um the 68.7 billion dollar deal um they are expected to approve it tomorrow um uh, wednesday the 26th but all documents and all of the in, in paperwork and everything indicates that they are going to get the green light, which at that point leaves just the bi- the next big one. There's the Ire- group out of Ireland. I don't remember what their name is. And then the Federal Trade Commission, which seemingly isn't going to have a problem with it. So yeah, it seems like we're rapidly approaching this all kind of wrapping up, right? Yeah. And so that'll be interesting. I've seen so many just back and forth articles of people saying it's a good thing. It's a bad thing. Uh I think overall it'll be a good thing, and I think it's it's uh, it's going to bring some interesting games to Game Pass, and I don't know. I'm interested to see what they do with World of Warcraft. But you got to remember that's one a fifteen dollar a month subscription, which just is not for the casual player. Uh, if I think my, once Microsoft owns it, uh, I think you'll start seeing maybe sh- shift that up a little bit and change things. But I I I, I miss seeing some good Blizzard games and and. Um, you know, maybe they'll start to pump up the the number of titles coming out uh, and just things that some of the old games, maybe that remakes, all this other stuff. I think Microsoft be more apt to do it. Blizzard just put out what they wanted to put out, no, nothing else. Yeah. They didn't remaster very often. The remaster they did of one of their old uh, one of their old games, Warcraft games, was was really poorly done. So uh, hopefully, hopefully this will be a, a sign for the better, so we can are getting a number of decent products out because it kind you of know, seems like they've been maintaining what they make but they haven't been really innovating since the announcement of the purchase there's one other thing that's part of this as well that um i don't know that we've talked about I, we've talked about it i don't know that we've talked about it a lot is that king is also part of this blizzard i think bought yeah. king or maybe it was activision bought king years ago um yeah. so they which have, is a mobile uh, is a mobile game you know, they're the Candy Crush I th- people. I mean, like they yeah, they so, are mobile gaming. Yeah, I think once they're a part of the actual family, and it's not a chance that they may have to walk. Because you got to think, you don't want to do anything too crazy when there's a chance that it'll get rejected and you have to walk away from each other. Yeah. So I don't think Microsoft's really dumping the cash into the into the organization. I mean, there, I'm sure there's things happening right now, but I think after this is all finished, uh, it'll be cool to see if they start to announce some new things that they're going to be doing. 
Well, and that's exactly. And the, here's the thing: they're not going to have to. I mean, they're not going to have to dump much in terms of cash into to King. I mean, King is incredibly no. profitable. Um, so the, yeah, that that in itself is 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 very interesting. Now, yeah, they've got a huge collection and saga of games. Um, yeah, you know, they recently released the Crash Bandicoot game uh, that came out a couple of years ago. Um, so that you know that was available, and now you essentially are going to give Microsoft one of the largest mobile developers in the world. And we, you know we know yep. that Microsoft is uh, you know big on Game Pass, which is streaming. But with all of the IPs that they have from first party, everything now yep. from Activision, everything from Blizzard. You know, I think a lot of folks assumed back in 2016 when Activision Blizzard acquired King that it was going to be like all of these old Activision games were going to happen on mobile. That never really yep. came to fruition. Maybe there's no market for it, Brian. I don't know. It's just well, that's something that's not really talked about much is King. I think I think Blizzard have they have some applications they do that are companions to yeah. games that they play, um, and they they weren't well super well done. And so I think that with King being a part of all that now. You probably see better versions of those apps, maybe side games that kind of are companion game side games for a mobile. Like for instance, World of Warcraft, it'd be really easy for them to turn around and make a companion game that lets you do things while you're not at a computer. Uh, you know, things like that I think would be huge, but I don't think they have the mobile development uh, group to be to do and pull off something like that and have it actually seem good. So, yeah, I, I think a, yeah. Uh, yeah, I'm There's, excited. There's pretty much two ways you handle it. You either leave it alone and just let it do its thing, let it work on its mobile games and do that, or maybe, you, you know, and I'm sure, and I don't know exactly Microsoft's whole structure, but I'm sure Microsoft already owns at least a couple of mobile gaming companies that do something yeah. uh, or another. Yeah. You know, they have a big enough mobile department. So who knows? Maybe it's an avenue they explore um, after they kind of, you know, maybe a couple years from now as once the streaming whole thing gets a little bit more entrenched yeah. maybe it's something they take a look at but it is it is definitely part of the conversation as well um yep. you know, this was a activision bought them for six billion dollars in 2016 that's it's a lot of freaking money yeah, <laughs> yeah it's a yeah that's a little bit of you know, they've got but look um, at mobile the mobile market is just a money maker it's a cash cow for these companies if they can get something to take off the amount of it seems like you can make from a mobile game is more than you can make from a pc game people are willing to spend money on mobile for some reason and they they rarely will spend a bunch of side money on a, a pc or a console game yeah now this you know these a lot of these figures are old they were a public company until um activision blizzard bought them in 2016 but you know, for a period of time, they were pulling down hundreds of millions of dollars a year in in profit on these on these mobile games. Um, so yeah. that 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 might be something that they. I mean, apparently they have twelve studios across the country. So I mean, there's there's some. It's a pretty big, pretty big thing. Yeah, thousands of employees. Yeah. Um, so that's so that's that's pretty big. Um, so yeah, I guess we'll uh, I guess we'll wait and see that. Anything else going on with the merger stuff that's relevant um mainly there there were some uh well one thing i want to mention that was redacted and this is more on the blizzard side um mm -hmm. uh, you know how blizzard and there was netties who supposedly had a big falling out they destroyed the blizzards like things they had left in the office when you know after they left china yeah um and supposedly they sued 
Blizzard. But then it all got redacted because the person, there's some person, I guess it's probably people in the United States trying to read Chinese documents. But uh, they they figured out that they were just listed as, as something by the complainant. It was just some random guy who sued Blizzard. <laughs> and then it, he had mentioned NetEase. And so then all these new students, companies here grabbed that and said, uh, NetEase is suing Blizzard. And so, ah. so you may have seen in the that past couple of days, a news story pop up saying that NetEase is suing Blizzard, but they what, are not. NetEase Some is random a, Chinese guy. NetEase was an anti-cheat company, right? No, no, that's a game like a oh. serv, game studio type of service over okay. in China. It's one of their. Uh, yeah. They they have a now instead since they got rid of uh, World of Warcraft, they now have some other competitor oh, that they're making. Yes, they made the Chinese version of Warcraft. That was in, and then yeah. they stopped and, that and, a couple. And there's some ago. other things that, yeah, they they actually make quite a bit. They're a pretty big company over there. Yeah. Uh, and so they, they they make things that we have access to here too. Yeah. Harry Potter, Dead by Daylight, Mobile. Yeah. Yeah. So hmm. I mean, NetEase, you just you don't really hear their name as much, but they they're a pretty big studio, and they were combining and working with Blizzard to bring some of their products to China. Gotcha. They had a falling out, some sort of miscommunication. They couldn't come to the table and, and, and come to an agreement. And so Blizzard left China, and NetEase is kind of filling the gap by making their own versions of the games that Blizzard made. Mm. Yes, we shall see how that uh, how all that, that rolls out. Um, Japan has dropped an antitrust probe in regards yeah. to... Uh, Microsoft and Activision Blizzard. So it appears that um, that is no longer an issue. Uh, so Japan has kind of stepped out of the way. They'll be good to go. Um, again, really doesn't leave much left in terms of hurdles. Uh, it's just getting the securing the bag here in the U.S. And yep. as I've stated since early on, Microsoft has enough lobbyists that they can absolutely get the, can always can absolutely get it done in the U.S. The million dollar question yep. was always these other countries where they might not have had the influence that they maybe needed if they needed it. I, I don't know what. Um, well, and here, here they note one of the arguments that Sony made that kind of started this probe mm -hmm. was that Sony said, uh, if the deal goes through, Microsoft could release deliberately buggy versions of our games on PlayStation. So I thought that was interesting. And then their answer was, you know, we all know our passionate players would be the first to hold Microsoft accountable for keeping its promises of content oh, and yes. quality parity. So, uh, but yeah, they were trying to just use anything. You know, if they own um, all of this, they'll release, you know, not as good versions and on PlayStation and make it to where you want to play it on PC or Xbox. And at, it's, it's all pretty silly, you know, the fact that they are releasing their games on your console and you're not. So releasing it on there so you know i think as we've seen over the months now the, their whole argument has fallen apart and nobody really takes them seriously anymore so we'll see if uh if there's anything ever coming of that yeah so uh that that uh, all appears to be squared away there i don't know that there's a date set for um the ftc i don't know if they're doing a hearing on it or exactly what's going to happen but yeah. again presumably within the next 60 or 90 days we might have something and by uh early summer have uh have all of this potentially squared away which would be pretty remarkable speaking of antitrust brian uh let's yeah. uh, turn our conversation to another couple of great companies epic 
and Apple and uh, see what is going on there. Um, a bit of an appeal process, and it turns yep. out that uh, Apple won at least in part on the appeal. Um, a little bit of a little bit of history and, and background on this. So Epic had Fortnite in the iOS app store. They yep. were. I'm a Fortnite expert now. I played two games last night, so I'm 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 a professional. <laughs> yeah. Um, I mean I am. Yeah, I mean I might as well be Ninja. It, it's fine. Uh, they decided that they Apple charges thirty percent transaction fees on any in-app purchases, and you have to use Apple's store to do in-app purchases. Part of their EULA, their terms of service, whatever. Tim Sweeney said, "Screw it. I, I'm not going to do that. We're going to do it through our own system." They're in breach of Apple's terms. Apple pulled them from the store. Epic sued them and claimed yep. uh, well, claimed a couple of things. One of the big ones was that they claimed that Apple was apt, acting in a as essentially a monopoly, um, which is a pretty big deal. I mean, it sounds like it's not maybe, but to be deemed a monopoly by the federal government is not. That's a very serious allegation to allege against a company. I mean, it's it's the equivalent yep. of calling somebody a murderer or a rapist i mean it's a very very serious charge to levy against somebody that has serious ramifications if a company well the federal they start government breaking goes, you up and they start putting yeah. restrictions on you yeah like if the government goes hey brian you're a monopoly you're like oh my god like it's over <laughs> like they're gonna start yeah. ripping our company apart like what the hell so it's a very serious thing to allege but tim sweeney has plenty of money and plenty of axes to grind um so through the court ruling Apple um, was it was decided that Apple would have to allow third party stores or third party ways to do some of these transactions on their platform and potentially even allow third party app stores. Um, Both Apple and Google appealed the ruling. Um, Epic. uh, Epic. Uh, it was ruled that Apple was not a monopoly. So Epic uh, uh, challenged that, appealed that ruling. And then Apple appealed the ruling that um, they should not have to allow other third-party app stores. So the hearing that happened this past week was over app, app, Apple being a monopoly. I know it's a, it's very confusing, but this is a little bit of the timeline on it, right? Yeah, well, and here here's some things with this ruling that went towards Epic. Because, yeah. you know, Apple won the appeal, but they said the court upholds Epic's claim under California's unfair competition law. So they, it's not dropped. It's dropped federally, but yes. it's not dropped in California because that does have different rules. Um, they also said the court used the wrong market definition. It was wrong about whether Apple's DLPA was immune to the antitrust uh, scrutiny, um, but that this was harmless. And so they upheld that ruling. Um, and then one judge dissented and said that this judge would not conclude that these errors were harmless because they related to threshold analytical steps and affected Epic's substantial rights. And so well, this this person who posted this news, they speculate that this could be a good reason for it to go to the Ninth Circuit review, uh, you know, and see if... I'm, I'm sure there's still appeal and there'll still be more things going on with this. So Yeah, now obviously you can eventually appeal it all the way up to the Supreme Court. I'm not sure how that would work, but the court very clearly affirmed that Apple is not a monopoly. They, they, they very clearly made that case. Apple is not a, a monopoly. Um, so from yeah. Apple's well, standpoint... Well, if you combine Apple and Android, you, you could say they're a monopoly. 
Maybe, but, yeah. But Apple itself, I mean, they they made it very clear, and Apple calls it a, resound, a resounding victory, which is you know, which which is what you would expect them to say. Um, and you know, part of this, part of the other, uh, some some of the other details in this, um, you know, that Apple must allow developers to steer app users to external payment platforms, which is what Epic has really been after the whole time but concluded yeah. that the company did not meet the legal tests to be considered a monopoly. So does not, uh, and thus did not have to permit competing app stores for iOS apps. Um, so that is, uh, that's kind of where everything, um, that's kind of where everything is right now. Um, not yeah. a major decision, but enough to make it so that Apple probably is not going to be labeled a monopoly. That's probably done. Um, yeah. And then we'll see what some of the other appeals uh, typically look uh, might potentially look like so I know very much in the weeds but we've been covering this now for years literally since it yeah. first started <laughs> um, and that's kind of the latest as to where it stands right now yeah all right well hey let's keep on the top the topic of epic because sure. uh, of course Kotaku you know the the peak of, of journalism as oh yes are uh, you read this this headline and they says epic's billionaire CEO jumps on Twitter to complain about elites oh yeah and I figured, well, I can can only imagine what he was talking about, uh, and that well, he's not talking about anything crazy. He's talking about the verified badge, uh, and one reason, <laughs> one thing that's interesting is one of the first people to suggest uh, how Twitter do their verification system was Sweeney. Yeah, he back years ago. Well, I, I I'd have to look at it. maybe no. It is literally years ago. I'll go find. I'll go and find the tweets. Okay, yeah, because he he suggested and said, "Hey, it, this whole system is being abused. Uh, the verification system at Twitter. You you need to open it up." Nick will find the tw the tweet here, and we can read what he actually says because what he says is incred incredibly real. I mean, he's just, he's just saying this, and it's. it's Pretty much how it ended up being. So, do you yeah. want to read it to us? Yeah, this is this is these are some more recent posts, but essentially, you know, an online community uh, like this should be a meritocracy where everybody has an equal chance. Merit is earned rather than anointed by a corporation. Old school Twitter had found a great expression of merit with following and retweeting the best rose to the top. And this is, of course, is the you know, the the outrage over all of these e celebrities and celebrity celebrities you know, pissed off that they have to pay $8 for a verification badge. And why are they pissed off? Because many of them paid thousands of dollars to Twitter. So what was happening was at the end of the Twitter verification system, from what I understand, insiders at Twitter, like people that worked there, were charging some mid-tier celebrities, like maybe mid-tier internet celebrities, thousands of dollars for blue check marks on Twitter. They were pocketing the cash and giving them the verification badge. And it was bullshit. Yep. I mean, frankly, that's yep. exactly what it was. It was a pay-to-play system to get a verification badge. But it wasn't yep. open to everybody. You had to know somebody at Twitter to get that. So yep. it became an incredibly corrupt system where um, you know, you had everybody having these badges that you know could afford to pay for one or actual celebrities. So Elon Musk yeah. said... Anybody now can have it. And it goes back to Tim Sweeney's comments about a meritocracy. It's open to everybody. Yep. Everybody has an equal chance. If you can afford $8 a month, you can have a blue check mark. Yep. And that's exactly what Elon Musk has done, and everybody's losing their damn minds over it. And, th and that's the thing is 
here, I just think that he he's he is, and a lot of people give him a hard time, but he is about having an open space. I mean, if you think of look at this, what this Unreal is February Engine of twenty twenty. Yeah, February twenty twenty. Read yeah. his tweet right here, Brian. Says I don't want to be verified unless the verification process is open up to everyone on equal terms. Right now, it's a system of doling out our favors to friends of Twitter and using revocation to punish people Twitter doesn't like, which is exactly what happened. <laughs> this is all pre-purchase, right? This, this is, is all pre- 2020, February, before pre, COVID. Pre-Musk. <laughs> yeah. yeah, right, well, right at, yeah, right at the beginning of COVID. <laughs> yeah. um, and, and, so, and so he's he's saying exactly with what we found out, especially after the purchase was all completed and the, and the dirt started to come out. He's saying exactly what was happening. That's exactly what was happening. And uh, in the new system, first of all, the, the, the main benefit of people paying to do this is it cuts down on bots. Because if they want to truly determine if something is, um, is valid or not, you don't trust on the, just the mere, mere numbers, uh, numbers of whatever's coming your way because you could have bots. They love to spin up bots and, uh, and do things to affect other people's accounts. But here with the $8, you know that they're not going to be spending $8 per bot because these, these, these people would spin up 10,000s of bots. Yeah. Uh, and so it really gives them a way of handling uh, bots and things like that and be, have you know places where the, the number of people that are verified, when they come and see content or upvote content, you know that it's most likely going to be real. That's really what this comes down to for, for Elon because there's bots were running the whole system. That's why they, they got in kind of big trouble. Well, they were going to be in trouble for lying about the number of bots during the purchase. Yeah. So, and hey, you know, but, but, but would you get that from the title of that article? No, let's that, go back and look at the title again. What was the title again? Yeah. Epic's billionaire CEO jumps on Twitter to complain about elites. No, he complained about corruption and not being equal treating elite people you know, people being treated like elites, and he said he doesn't think that they that we, you know they should be treated any differently, regardless of whether or not they're uh, popular or rich or whatever. Like that's the most down to earth thing you could say, and they're saying to complain about elites. Don't you love it's the, the most backwards article? Luke Plunkett, if I had five billion dollars, you would never see or hear from me again. Yeah, because you're a loser that doesn't have any. Because you wouldn't ideas. do anything to contribute back to society, yeah, to, right? Well, you well, would. That's it. Yeah, exactly. You're an idiot. So of course, if you had five billion dollars, nobody would ever want to hear from you. But when you're somebody like Tim Sweeney or Elon Musk, who is, it, it, or both of them are incredibly wealthy and are yep. both revolutionary in the things that they do and have done. Um, yeah, it, it's it's amazing to see how um it's amazing to see how you know it's so funny brian elon musk was the savior of the progressive left with tesla for like a freaking decade i mean this guy was jesus christ reincarnated with his electric cars and he buys twitter and now he's the biggest scumbag that's ever existed. It's so, I know. and it's and it's the flip side on the Republican conservative side. Republicans yeah. and conservatives, and I did, and I, and I still do have huge issues with how he handles, or how he handled big government incentives, essentially funding. Um, God, he owns Solar City. He he bought Solar City, yeah. and he is essentially raping the government with Solar City on incentives. I don't like that, but those are the rules. Yeah. And now he is the savior of conservatives and the enemy of liberals. 
And it's amazing yeah. how it's like the it's like water and wines or water and oil and vinegar switching oil. places the in vinegar, the yeah. in the in the glass because that's exactly what's happened here. Um, well, the thing is, and even crazy. if you side with him, because it, it, one of the first comments from and I think this is from staff. Oh, here's from Luke Funkett himself. For a man of this status and influence, making such sweeping and inaccurate allegations is wild. They are conspiratorial, because he says that he went through the verification process on Twitter, then they all had to be vetted, and they had a whole team of staffers responsible for it. You know what, Because he is Kotaku. Bullshit. Because I applied under the old Twitter for a verification batch, which I absolutely met based on my current job, and they constantly declined me. Because I didn't know anybody at Twitter, and I was a conservative. I fit the bill of a media person to get a, a, a... a verification, and I'm glad I didn't get it because then I, I feel like I have to pay for the $8 a month. Um, which, by the way, Brian, okay, we have been on the air now eight years, maybe yeah. more. I don't even know. It's been such a long time. I mean, I yeah, it's been an incalculable amount of time. I don't do monthly subscriptions. I don't do microtransactions. Yeah. I am this close, like this, this close to buying an $8 thing. Not for any other reason, just to flip the double barrel middle finger shotgun to all these people. I don't care about being verified, of, but damn, I'm so I almost tempted. did it this past week too. And it, I did, so but I did it because so of the, I, I like, I want to support something. Yeah. Put your money where your mouth is, right? Absolutely. I, I like the fact that he's making it to where all these people that used to be like, I'm, I have, I have a check mark, you know, so I'm important. So you just have to listen to me. And well, they're all the ones getting pissed, but it makes it to where you you re, you really know they're probably a real human. Yes, that's what it really comes down to. It's not whether or not they're popular, whether or not they're famous. Uh, it comes down to are they a real human? Okay, if you're a real human, and you got to check more. I'm more likely to take w- what you say um, to heart. If you don't, and usually you know you've got some generic picture and the numbers in your name. Well, guess what? I probably am not going to really listen to you. And I think that that's the culture that it's going to bring in is you get verified so that you know you're talking to at least someone who's willing to spend $8. Yeah. Um, so I, um, I, I'm, I'm really, I'm really tempted. Um, I, you know, for me, it's, I, I don't think, I, I don't think people know, and it's probably good that they don't, how much I use Twitter for my job. Um, in the state of North Carolina, there's a hashtag called NCPOL, NC Politics. And this hashtag yeah. is like, like there's literally a podcast called hashtag NCPOL. That's how popular this thing is. I mean, it is, it is a hot, hot hashtag. And, I, and I'm on Twitter all freaking day because of it. I, between this and all these other things, I'm on Twitter constantly. I mean, it is literally my show prep. So I use the service. Yeah. And now you've got this guy, Elon Musk, who... I, I tend to like, I don't agree with some of his, the way that he's done stuff with his prior business, but here's, I don't have to, I'm not marrying him. I don't have to love him, um, I, but I tend to like what he's done with Twitter. He's made it a, he's fired 80% of the staff who are a bunch of progressive activists working there. The service is seemingly running better than ever. Accounts that I have been following for years that have been banned are back and I'm seeing all of their content again. I just, damn it, Brian, it's $84 a year. For the for the yep. for the year subscription, I, I'm gonna end up I'm gonna end up pulling the trigger on this thing sooner rather than later because I just I'm, well, pl- I'm plus I just I don't know when when you have that 
you're more likely i think that's where you can get randomly you know highlighted they i think don't i think that if, if you're not verified pretty much only the people that follow you will see your content i think when you are verified it it has that where it'll, it'll go outside of your normal circle yeah well i'll tell you so this i had a benefit. tweet i had a tweet a couple i don't tweet really all that much i tweet you know in i tweet in the morning at the ass crack of dawn like literally like six o'clock that you know, here's coming up on my show and there might be a tweet or two throughout the day um but i'll tell you what the the engagement on the platform has been great over the last couple of weeks i, I made a broke a pretty big story about a guy running for governor a couple of weeks ago and i mean that tweet got thousands of engagements because it was getting liked and retweeted and quote tweeted and, and yeah. all of that so it's it's been pretty cool to um it's been pretty cool to see how the platform it, it's i think it's changed dramatically i mean i think it yeah. really has i'm seeing so much more organic content now I, I am still yeah. pissed that he got that they got rid of the third party api because i hate the twitter app i think it's garbage um yeah i'd much rather use tweetbot but from an advertising standpoint i i understand it i mean these all these third party apps strip the ads and if you're trying to sell advertising you need to be able to tell them here's the reach and here's the the hit you're going to get yep. um so so i get that but um yeah i um it's, i love i just love how Elon Musk is now the enemy of the people and Tim Sweeney should shut his mouth because he's a billionaire. I mean, so his opinion isn't matter, but some stupid jackass that works at Kotaku is the, you know, the, 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 um, the arbiter of truth. I don't understand. Well, and then the, the other guy, there's another comment on there where this person's breaking down. Oh, he's from uh, Canada. Like how much you oh, he's from Australia. To be in the top, to be in the top 1%, put away. And he's like, this guy may, has made so much money so fast. You know that he is—he's even you know in the higher, higher, higher percentages of that, and it's and say you're saying because he made such good choices and is so successful, you shouldn't listen to this dude. Is that is that what you're telling is this, me? Is it, because at first I thought it was spam. Yeah, I thought it was like you know spam, but but this guy's breaking down. And if you earn this much, you're in the top one percent, point oh point one percent, point oh one percent. He says if Tim Sweeney earned ten million dollars every year. He'd have to have wor worked since birth, never spend any of it, and be 500 years old to be worth five billion. Given he's 50 year old, 52 years old on a, on average, he earned at least 100 million in valuation every single year of his life. <laughs> so they're they're giving this, and so, then at the very end, he's like, and this jerk has the has the uh, what the gall to talk about elites or Cretan. Yeah. Um, what are you talking about? This guy's way smarter than whoever wrote this. Well, well. See, here's you. the thing: if whoever wrote this spent any time actually, you know, having a job, and you know, this this comment was made uh, a couple of days ago at like 11 p.m. So if this person was actually like, oh, I don't know, and it's so funny with him, Sweeney and Epic, it, they act like this guy just popped up out of a free. You know, this guy just popped out of the Easter Bunny's ass last week, and he's. Yeah. I mean, Epic was a freaking mod studio. Uh, yeah. <laughs> with Unreal Tournament and all this, all this stuff back twenty five years, and this yep. guy's Tim Sweeney's a freaking nerd that wanted to yeah. build video games. He loves games. programming. <laughs> Built video I follow games him on Twitter, years and yeah. he'll he'll say some really nerdy algorithm, you know, something that's super crazy, complex, because that's what interests him. He's not he's he's all about technology. So, that, that, but they hate him. Of course, he doesn't know what he's talking. He's a cretin. As he yeah, said. yeah. Uh, 
It's like this guy's busted his ass for 25 years. It's from a you know little indie studio making a couple of games to one of the most influential people in the video game industry. And of course, they hate him. Why? Because I don't think Tim. I don't know that Tim Sweeney is a conservative. I don't believe he says anything that's out out you know, overtly conservative. But he doesn't toe the Democrat liberal line yeah. of you know Elon Musk is a terrible off. He doesn't really talk person. politics that much. No, of course so. not. Why would he? So if this I if mean, this guy had spent any time to. putting any of this effort into actually trying to maybe make more money at his job or in you know maybe do something with his life besides posting in the Kotaku comments section, he probably would <laughs> he probably could be Brian in the top ten percent of earners. But obviously, this is a yeah, whole hell of a lot more important. <laughs> okay, hey, so we I've got I found this other topic that I wasn't sure what to think of it at first, but the Red Cross, <sighs> yes, is. Is, is saying that video gamers need to change how they play uh, certain types of like FPS games. They need <laughs> to follow the real rules of war and get used to that because they don't like the fact that civilians or that people are, are getting numb and, and pretty much learning just the, the normal way to act or things that are war crimes. So they want people to uh, follow these rules, and there's four <laughs> rules. Okay. All right. What are the the first one is no thirsting. Like thirst uh, traps? Do you, know what, do you know what thirsting is? I know what a thirst trap is on social media. Well, okay, so this is where you would viol- violate real-life rules of war to protect prisoners from violence, intimidation, and treatment. Oh, no. Now, thirst traps are so when, like, you girls can't, like, post... You can't shoot, can't shoot people when they're down, things like that. Oh, now, thirsting on social media is when women post uh, salacious pictures of themselves just to get likes. It's a thirst trap. They just want oh, well, reactions. Okay. Well, actually, look at this. It the, says, I thought this version. was about Instagram likes at first, but no, this actually means you can't shoot people. Okay, so I'm not I'm not alone yeah. in my my thoughts on this. Okay, so that's the first No also, thirsting. Yeah, and they don't want you targeting nonviolent NPCs. Hmm. I mean, I don't know how you could play... Uh, GTA of the Rockstar <laughs> games, GTA, <laughs> Red Dead Redemption, without hurting somebody random. Um. Wow. Yeah. So that's they, they don't want you targeting any nonviolent NPCs in, in the video games. They don't want you targeting any civilian buildings. So if you have the opportunity to bomb something, to shoot at something, if it's a civilian building, you need to leave it alone in the video game. No blowing up houses because okay. people live there. You remember that. Um, and you're supposed to uh, use med kits on everyone. So even if you see the enemy sitting there, you're supposed to take your med kit to the enemy and patch them up as well. Which, depending on... I mean, I'm trying to think of games where that would be possible. Uh, but uh, H, you know, Old H1Z1, you could drop bandages for Oh, folks. yeah. <laughs> yeah, you, I mean, you, totally yeah, you could that. lift somebody up in the old H1Z1. Uh, and we did do that. We'd shoot somebody, get them down to a sliver of health, and then give them a, a med pack. After we steal the, yeah, uh, handcuff them, bring them <laughs> to our base, steal their stuff, give them bandages, and kick them out. Correct. I mean, it was very, yeah, so very here you go. <laughs> Have a good day. So, so those are the four rules that you're supposed to follow uh, inside of your, your video game that you play online. Now, do we know that who is, the, who is this being? Now, this is being pushed by a group known as play by the rules now this is the international red cross for the right this is not yeah. the these are not the this is not the company you go this is not the place you go to to get blood this is there's two different no. red crosses there's like 
that Red Cross, and then there's the International Red Cross, which are the folks with the actual Red Crosses that go into war zones. So they've got yeah. this website they've set up, playbytherules.icrc.org. Look, I mean, look at this. Look at the graphics. Some <laughs> this some uh, something from oh, the like, epic marketplace. Weird. I mean, yeah, this is some like weird uh, art from the epic marketplace with the crosshair going around. This is this is Call of Duty with this little. This yeah. is a hard point in Call of Duty. Um, oh, they go look at this. They got some influ. Wait, is there an event going on? Oh, it already happened. April fifteenth. Did you know that Damn. they they created a Fortnite mode to help you learn to follow the rules? There was a special mode it said learn to follow real rules of war in game, and it was a Fortnite mode. I guess that would maybe yell <laughs> yeah. at you when you. Here you go, Fortnite. Play by the rules. Let's see. Is there a video or is what's this thing? Oh, it's still it. in here. Add to playlist. So I you could you could still it's a custom mode. So this is not an in, it's not like a playlist that you can do, but you can um you can play this in like custom games. How the hell is Arma? Yeah, so, Are they partnered with Arma of all people? Well, Arma is all about the super realistic. So there's there's groups of people that play Arma and they play it in like they're role playing Arma. Uh, to where there's a medic, people are playing their different positions, um, and and th this is totally I could see up not maybe the Arma modding, but the people that play the base level of Arma and are really into the w real war simulation is what they call it. Yeah, um, yeah, I see them totally being down with that. Wow, why would you so need a cluster a bomb? You might hurt somebody. What a waste of time. <laughs> I mean, this is so <laughs> stupid. I I don't even hey, know. They have a Twitch channel that you can follow if you want to watch well, some of these streamers that play the games like this. Yeah, well, they already did While this following there. the rules. Oh, yeah, yeah and that already... was on April 15th. Yeah, so it was 10 days ago. Wow, 188 views on Twitch. <laughs> really, I mean, really just yeah, you know, it's really railing it home. I mean, we're not, we're not ones to talk, but I mean, still, <laughs> we're, we're not the International Red Cross either. Huh. Yeah. I can't imagine. You get a special game mode put in Fortnite for us. We could make one. Um, I just can't imagine with everything going on, like in the world right now, like actual humanitarian issues, that somebody at the International Red Cross thought that this, this was worth any sliver of time. That to me is pretty wild. Well, hey, you know, this is, there's some somebody who's with a bleeding heart who's mad at video games because they're too violent. What do the comments on this then one look like? Let's see. Zero comments. Well, obviously, people aren't. Uh, people, people, <laughs> people aren't chopping at the bit. Now, Kutaku also did an article about it. Um, let's see what the Kutaku comments look like. Oh, I'm sure oh, somebody. Oh, holy crap! Comment, some There's a video. Comment. There's a video. There's a video. Hold on. A oh, second. is there? It's long, but we're not going to play the whole thing. It's four minutes, but we're not going to do the whole thing. Hold on. Let's take a look. This is the international record. What are the rules of war, Brian? Let's take a look. Get it. Since the beginning, humans have resorted to violence as a way to settle disagreements. <laughs> oh my god! Ages, people from around the world have tried to limit the brutality of war. It was this humanitarian spirit that led to the first Geneva Convention of 1864 and to the birth of modern international humanitarian law. How's that been working out the last couple months? Setting the basic limits on how wars can be fought, 
These universal laws of war protect those not fighting, as well as those no longer able to. To do this, a distinction must always be made between who or what may be attacked and who or what must be spared and protected. <laughs> Most importantly, <laughs> civilians so can never be targeted. To do so is a war crime. All right, bro, enough. I, I, I can't. I mean, I just, uh, yeah, Jesus Christ. Um, that was great. Now, this, there is a comment. Now, this video is eight years old. The first comment, the top comment on this video is, here are the rules of war. No camping, no friendly fire, no spawn killing, <laughs> grenade spamming is banned, and no breaking the rules. I mean, I, I, I agree. That's pretty much it. What now? I tell you what. Why is the International Red Cross? What about uh when um when a member of Al Qaeda uh or a member of ISIS blew up thirteen service members at an uh, Afghani airfield a little over a year ago? Would the, the International Red Cross do anything about that? Because that does. I don't think that fit the rule of war either. When they strapped suicide bomb vests to themselves and ran into the yeah, but they're not under Joe Biden's watch. They're not that, a legitimate army that we're facing. They're oh, not organized oh, in the same oh, manner. Okay. So it's kind of like the back in the day when you had the French and the English sitting there standing in lines, shooting each other in uh, in volley, you know, taking turns shooting at each other, uh, and they did it in a gentlemanly manner. Um, Al Qaeda and all of them are not exactly doing it that way. They would just hide and use kids to you know try to sneak bombs in places and, and women, yeah. all, you know, all the normal things that you do you know, when you're uh, when you're fighting. So. Wow. All right. Well, wasn't expecting that, Brian. Very, very good. Good deep. That's a good. Uh, that's a that's a good deep one right there. That's real in the weeds. I like yeah. that. Thank you. Thanks for bringing that forward. All right. I wanted to come back. Let's go back to the whole Activision Blizzard uh, acquisition because sure. Sony. There was some. Uh, this is a little speculation, but somebody was wrote on Game Official about how PlayStation could acquire Rockstar Games if Xbox purchases Activision Blizzard. Uh, kind of okay. as a, you know, we're going to take something from you. Because Take-Two Interactive, which uh, they're the ones who own, are the parent company, right? Of Rockstar, yeah. Of Rockstar. Um, they announced the pricing of $1 billion senior notes offering. You know, so <clears throat> I would assume, who knows if that means that they're interested in getting Trying to raise purchased some or whatever. Yeah, I mean, they're, they're, but they, this is an opportunity for somebody to buy into their company to yeah. get a lot of of shares and so uh yeah so who knows maybe playstation will do what they can to uh, get in on this and and take control of one of the other biggest you know red Dead red Dead redemption and grand theft auto two of the biggest games in the last you know 15 years this that would be a disaster uh, sony would well, the, sony, sony, let, sony, I'll, sony tell you, the, I'll tell you why to the ground no, I don't know. That's not the case. They would let it run. They they would let the studio run and do its own thing. But because Sony know. is so vengeful and spiteful, they will make Grand Theft Auto already took like three years to come out on PC. Yeah. I own three copies of GTA. I've owned four copies of GTA five, Xbox 360, Xbox one, PS4 and PC. Uh, I so I, I'm fully invested in in Grand Theft. My stock port, my financial advisor goes, "Where's all your assets?" I say, "GTA copies of GTA Five and shark cards. Those are my assets. <laughs> the, it's as good as gold." 
uh, copies of GTA 5. But Sony is so vengeful and spiteful, and they're so pissed off about this Activision Blizzard merger that they would make it so that anybody that has an Xbox or a PC would never be able to play these games again because they're jackasses. That, that game well, is how they work. That would happen. Yeah. I, okay, here's, here's an example. In the Hogwarts game, mm-hmm. they, do, you, do you want to know what, what Sony got? Like they're exclusive, sure. Because they, because there there was some things that you, you could only get if you were playing on a PS5. Okay. And for they purchased the right to prevent players that weren't on PlayStation Five from getting the um, Hogsmeade store. There's a store where you can go sell your stuff to make more money on everything that you sell. Mm-hmm. It's like you're listing them in the store, and you you own the store that a, a house elf you know runs for you. They for a year. Anybody on other platforms, they don't get that feature for a year from now. You know that, that it's kind of crazy that they yeah. would they would come up and and such a big feature, they would turn around. I mean, really, in the end, it's not that you're just getting more money. It's more like a perk. You're getting more money for each thing you sell as long as you go there. Um, but I thought that was interesting. It kind of as the more you learn about Sony and the way that they act, like that fits right in with what they would do. They'd be like, oh, that's a cool feature. We don't want anyone else having it for a year and blocking them. Yeah, so and we'll see. They would do the same thing with, with, with Red Dead and, and Rockstar and everything that they have. And you know, typically, some, typically you'll have some exclusives. It'll be for a period of time. For example, you know, for the longest time, Microsoft had it with Call of Duty DLC. The Call of Duty DLC would yeah. come out for three months or something like that. I mean, it was a, it was a period of time, three months or something like that on, on Xbox. And they paid a significant amount of money for that. And you know, and I'm okay with that. Um, cause it's part of how you sell it. Now at the time, the F the console to have an FPS on was the Xbox. I mean, that's where everybody was playing first person shooters. So it kind of yeah. made sense. Um, I, I just, I don't, I don't think so. Maybe this is my blinders and my rose-colored glasses, um, but I've been very consistent. I don't believe Microsoft has bad intentions. I believe yeah. Sony has bad intentions. I really do. I, I think I don't... They are they are so pissed about what has gone on in the last couple of years, how their console yeah. has outsold the Xbox, yet somehow they are losing. I mean, that's literally what we're talking yeah. about. They, if they blew the Xbox One or the Xbox S and X or whatever it's called out of the water in terms of sales, like over a million units more. And but, but Microsoft's still, still somehow bringing in more money in the end. Yeah, Microsoft, and Microsoft because it's a subscription service. It's people a power will buy play. a couple of people buy a couple of PlayStation games. For instance, there were certain yeah. PlayStation games that I have, and then that's you know I would buy it and then I play it and then I'd stop doing the PlayStation. I think there's a lot of people like that because of their exclusives. They've gotten themselves into this corner where people have a PlayStation to play certain games. And then they go back to their Xbox because they have the Game Pass. Yeah, Sony hasn't brought anything to the table that's competitive in that way. Even though they have a huge library, they just have made their products that are equivalent not very good. And they've always been just not quite right. You know, the, with, the, with their game streaming, even with their PlayStation Plus plan, uh, it just, it was, it was odd. Like, it just didn't, I didn't feel like I wanted to play the games on that service for some reason because of how they did it. But I think Microsoft has made it to where it feels like Netflix. But for games, you go in there, there's a ton of games. Which one do I want to play? Oh, maybe I can stream it and I can play it instantly, or maybe I'll download it and internet connections are fast enough now to download something within a reasonable amount of time, usually. So I, 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 I not, think that they're just mad about losing. 
I'm not quick enough here on the air to do this, but it's the meme of the kid at the bicycle with the stick. And it's yeah, hit me on it Sony, right Tony Sigging and going freaking Microsoft. And it's like, yeah, like you, they, they, they rolled out, themselves. they rolled out this half-assed, uh, the p- p- PlayStation plus plus plan or whatever they called it. That yeah. Was the way tiers. more expensive than game pass. The tiers made absolutely no sense at all. The, the, yeah. the, the art, the, um, uh, the catalog was garbage. And and then they had to re- they rescind it, they had to rescind it. Now they're bringing it back, and it's like, what the hell are you guys doing? This is nobody yeah. else's fault but their own. Really, yeah, I mean, it's honest been to something God. that's been happening. It's been something that's been happening over the years. I think they just didn't see. I, I didn't think. I don't think they saw the game pass and all that being as accessible as it ended up being. And but. Because they didn't come up with anything that was competitive enough to make you even think, well, maybe I'll go and check out what PlayStation has. Uh, I I got the PlayStation first. Remember when I got it? I got it for um, The Last of Us and the original Red Dead Redemption. And playing the original Red Dead Redemption was a pain because I had to do it through like a service, streaming it. I couldn't play it on my local console. Yeah. You know, it's just, it was very odd. And so... Microsoft stuff just doesn't work like that. Usually if they have it working on the Xbox, they have it working on PC as well. And that probably means they stream it. You know, only, it's only maybe third-party titles that don't usually have compatible with everything. So. Yeah. Um, now, here's the thing. I, I'm, I'm not sure that... Uh, I'm not sure that Take-Two is... In, I'm not sure that Take-Two is interested in selling. Yeah. I mean... <clears throat> It, my worry is that you'll have Chinese investors, whatever it's Tencent or whosoever, yeah. might be buying large percentage shares, getting you know uh, majority stakeholder, or well, get enough of a majority here to where they start listening and, and changing how they act. I already feel like there's a possibility that GTA, but you know you can't really rely on <laughs> on on the articles about it because most of them don't even know. But they keep saying that this is going to be a more woke version. They're going to have a non-violence mode and all this. Um, I just really hope not because that I think that'll be the downfall, uh, especially with the new Unreal Engine's uh, ability to make things that are ultra realistic. People can make things that are on par with with what rock what rock art, Rockstar can. It's a lot of work, but they can now. Where before yeah. there was no opportunity, There's just the technology wasn't there, and they were making things that wasn't unavailable. Now it's in everybody's hands. If they stumble this, you'll have some other company come in and make something. I mean, they've already. Companies are already making things kind of like GTA, but that's the old GTA. Well, let's see what they come out with now. And if someone can come out in a year and make something equivalent, they're in trouble because they wait so long between new games. Here it is. <laughs> there you Sony, go. our own failures, freaking Microsoft. That's yep. it. That's it. And I and I'm not and I'm not convinced that they wouldn't do the same thing with Take Two. Um, yep. I tell you, you want to talk about now if Microsoft trying to buy take two we might be approaching antitrust territory in that i mean that would they literally own everything i mean outside the, the, of yeah the, ubisoft the top and everything EA. with the top biggest games in the last 20 years uh yeah. you know microsoft owns um, them but you know. yeah um but again this this all comes down to and this isn't and what i find so odd about this whole thing is physical hardware like consoles have never mm-hmm. been a profitable venture. 
Even no. you go back to the early, well, maybe the early, early consoles are a different story, but with the PlayStation 2 and the original Xbox. Ever and since N64, CD-ROM drives were put into them. It seems yeah. like it, it's ever since they had to put a CD-ROM drive in there, the, the amount of money that they make, it was way different. It had to be because you had to subsidize these things are at the time. You look at the N64 when it came out, the 3D console. Mm-hmm. I mean, the thing was freaking crazy. You go from a two bit, you know, essentially an eight bit system to to this thing. And it's like freaking wild. Um, they had to subsidize the cost. The, the only way you get it yeah. in a in a household. I mean, nobody's going to spend a thousand dollars on a console. Well, they were um, starting to put Blu-ray players in back when they originally put the Blu-ray PS3, player in there. That yeah. was brand new. Yeah. That was something that by itself would cost over $100 to buy alone. No, just the, way more the, than that, Brian. At the time, Blu-ray players were like $600. They were ridiculous. Oh, uh, well, then that was early, yeah. Yeah. So, that was the but, but the thing is, is the they were putting so something cool. in there. Yeah, they were putting something in there that just to buy the, that one piece was huge. And yeah. I think that made it to where people were all of a sudden willing to pay more for a console than they would have in the past. Uh, and, and now they're still pushing the limits. I mean, you just look at it. What type of a computer is in a you know, PlayStation or a, an Xbox Series X, um, for for instance? That it's a lot of high speed and, and expensive hardware, and as you said, they don't really make any money off of it. So it's not the amounts of consoles that you sell; it's the number of games that you sell that's important. Uh, yes, and that's where Microsoft with these subscriptions, you know, it's the equivalent of people buying uh, a game a month, maybe or a game every two months all year round. Well, you're not doing that. The average person is not doing that on a PlayStation. I think that's where it really comes back and hurts them. Yeah, the 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 console market has never been a big money maker. It's always been the games. Yeah, we saw the, the the this whole thing with gaming. We have watched happen in real time with yeah. Redbox, uh, Blockbuster, and. Yeah. Home video stores. We saw how Netflix has had 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 stripped that away, and how Hulu and Amazon Prime and every mm-hmm. other service has done it. And it's just it's amazing to me that Sony completely missed. Somebody high up at Sony must have been adamant that this wasn't going to be the future. That's well, the only thing I can now. Do. Look at first. Let's talk about another console, Nintendo. Yeah, Nintendo is one who doesn't tend to put out a ton of consoles. They put out the nope. Switch, but look at how long it's been since another Switch has come out. Yeah, no um, uh, but they have found, they have this new Mario movie that came out a couple of weeks ago. Oh, that yeah. thing's been going crazy. Uh-huh. Uh, if you look at, it's the highest grossing video game movie ever. Yep. And they, they took, uh, and so you want to talk about how to subsidize making games. You know, it's not about the selling the hardware. Make a game that's good enough and has iconic enough characters to turn around and make movies and shows off of them. I mean, The Last of Us is something that I don't know the money necessarily goes to uh, Sony because it's a Naughty Dog game, but you know that like that would have been the way to make money. It's another revenue, yeah, and and they've yep. done a great job um, with that. And you know, it's always been the thing with Nintendo is you know, everybody always tries to say, oh yeah, Xbox 360, PS3, and and Wii. And it's like, well, yep. really Xbox and PS3. The Nintendo was always yep. out doing their own thing, kind of being you know, fringy. Hardware was always out of date. Oh, God, it was awful. By the time they got it out the, out the market, the thing was super old hardware. It was like PS2-level hardware, and it came out in like 2008. Yep. I mean, it was, yeah, not good at all. Yep. But it was it's still the best-selling video game console of all time um, because they just do their own thing. And, you know, th- that's what... 
presumably Sony could have. I mean, that's what Microsoft did with streaming. They became the niche. They became yep. the streamer. Like they, they, you know, there was all these services back in the day. Um, oh God, there was that little box that you could buy. I don't remember any. I don't remember what it was called, and it was the streaming box. This is like 2010, 2012. Uh, the Ouya or Ouya or something like that. Yeah, I think that's what it was like called. That. It was this little orange box, and that was going to be the video game streamer. And over the last couple yep. of years, you had um, NVIDIA really with their um, their GeForce Now, GeForce now. Doing, doing its thing. Yeah. And then you had these companies essentially renting out Windows virtual machines where you'd remote in and, and streaming and stream the, a game. the screens to you, yeah, yeah, and and then you know Microsoft said, all right, you know they've been working on it was called um, X Cloud for years, yeah. um, and they were demoing it and this, and then you had Stadia, of course, with some of their stuff and Google streaming games online, and they just they kind of set themselves into the market, um, yeah, and probably I feel cemented, like they played the long game success. a lot more. They did. Yeah, I feel like they played the long game. To where there's too many short short term thinking is you know whether it's with Sony I don't hear of these things that it seems like they change direction too much mm-hmm. you know they haven't had a consistent long running product when it comes to the PlayStation Plus and and the PlayStation Now and the PlayStation whatever whatever it was called before they're drastically different products there's nothing that I feel like they've been refining for the past 15 years uh, but where Microsoft you know they may not talk about it very much but they're sitting there working on something for quite a long time. And I think a so, lot of this comes down to Phil Spencer. I mean, Phil Spencer essentially yeah. is Mike is Xbox and they yep. from, I don't know anything about the in, inside workings of Microsoft, but from what I gather, he essentially has free reign to do whatever he damn well pleases. Um, yep. And that has proven to be at times very good at times, not so good. Um, you know, the Xbox yep. one is not a good console. I mean, it just wasn't. Um, so that is kind of, uh, that's kind of what we're, that's kind of what we're dealing with. All right. Is there anything you wanted to cover before we, uh, we headed out? No, I think we are, uh, good to go. All right, cool. Well, if you want to find me on Twitter, you can go to Boise computer, or of course you can go to uh, my blog, biteoftech.com. If you want to find me on other social networks, search for at Brian Aldridge, Gab, uh, true social getter. Um, if you want to go to our website, infectionpodcast.com, just go to the upper right-hand side, and you'll see where it says join our server on Discord. We've got a Discord where you can submit news topics to our sh- uh, show news channel, and we also have 11 ARC servers running that are all connected. Uh, so if you want to go check those out, you're more than welcome to. And we have a politics channel if you want to go in there and talk politics. Uh, but if you want to play some ARC and not have to deal with that, you can choose your role at the beginning. Uh, if you want to go and watch this podcast, you can use that through Twitch, YouTube, and Rumble. Uh, if you want to listen to it, you go to the lower right-hand side. There's a lot of platforms and different ways to listen to the podcast. Pick whatever's most convenient for you. Uh, those, of course, are uploaded after the show is completed. So if you're doing that, that means that the particular show notes for that episode are ready to go. So you can jump onto our website. There's a video and audio player built into that page. And you can uh, follow along. So maybe you're listening and you want to check out a video that we were playing on the on the screen or maybe the video that we started playing during this one. You want to watch the rest of it. Just jump into our show notes and you'll be able to check that out for yourself. Uh, so, yeah, if you want to support us, there's a support menu option up top or infectionpodcast.com forward slash support. Oh, look at that. Headline logo. That looks great. Logo headline. Something yeah, that's that. phenomenal. I don't know how the support <laughs> tab got redone. It's pretty interesting. Um, nice. Great. What else, what else got redone? Well, that worked. Uh, 
that worked. Huh. The more you know. Um, Brian, uh, thanks as always. Greatly appreciated, and we'll uh, we'll catch yeah. up with you next week. We'll talk to you later. Uh, if you guys want to follow me, you can uh, follow me over on uh, Twitter, maybe with a blue check mark coming soon. Maybe not. I don't know. $8 is a lot of money. <laughs> well, we'll see. You can follow me over there at Nicholas M. Craig. You can check out my uh, daily antics by visiting my website, nickcraig.com, or downloading the Wilmington's Morning News podcast. Of course, if you missed any portion of this show, as Brian said, head on over to our website. It's infectionpodcast.com. Thank you so much for joining us, everybody. Have a great week. We'll see you next time.